This is Talk Freight. Talk Freight. And this is Craig Bliss. What's up, everybody? I'm Craig, and this is Make More Money Monday, sponsored by truckstop.com. This is my weekly show where I help you understand the market to maximize your potential. I'm sorry, I felt like I was choking because I just started to take a drink as I was popping on here. But anyways, for the month of January, we talked basically everything about direct shipper freight or how to up your chances or increase your chances by getting freight directly from shippers. We talked about it so much, I think over four to six episodes, we probably all got tired of listening to it. So for February, March, we're actually going to dive you know, into the nitty gritty of numbers and markets to better understand how freight rates, freight rates can actually be predictable, especially as technology keeps advancing to make the market more transparent. And now today, I actually want to start the show by looking at a graph on the FreightWave sonar. And now I know initially graph sounds boring, but if you have been in the trucking industry for at least the last two or three years, we can all relate to this graph. And now before I do that, I want to mention two things. First, the office next door to me, you know, and that wall over there is being built out. And so here in Arizona, I feel like they do the majority of construction like at night or in the afternoon. So last like hour or two, they've been preparing to start ripping down more walls. <laughs> they've been working on this thing, you know, all weekend. I tried doing work in the office over the weekend and I just couldn't because they're banging, grinding, um, driving scissor jacks down the sidewalks and all that jazz. And so I thought I better start today's episode, you know, before they start doing all that banging. So if you hear banging or like a scissor jack um, driving down the sidewalk, that is why <laughs> it's super loud inside of my office, especially on this microphone, because it picks up, you know, all the noise. So I apologize for that. Just want to tell you, you know, so you don't think an earthquake is happening um, in my office here. But anyways, also before I pull up this graph, if you guys are a member of my group, Freight Brokers and Truck Drivers, you've probably seen that post I made over the weekend. It's a meme or a graphic, what have you, that I uh, borrowed, if you will, from someone else who created it. Not sure who made it, but I took it out of another freight group. There was like 140 different answers on it. It was all funny. Uh, the question was something like, what's something a uh, truck driver can't live without? Some, I can't say over the air. The majority was funny, but there's a top three or there's three things that the vast majority of people said that truckers cannot live without or truck drivers cannot live without. Coffee, XM radio, and one of those blue parrot headsets. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I was thinking different things, but I mean, coffee, XM radio, and blue parrot. I would like XM if there's more options. I know there's like thousands of channels, but I don't seem to find a channel that I like on there. Blue pair headset, never used it. So can't say what it will, can't say how it is, but coffee, I'm all about the coffee. So I can relate with that one. I know a lot of mega brokerages, you know, that's the land I come from, you know, five plus years ago. They all have like the espresso machines in there. So I think it ups all these brokers, you know, caffeine intake, you know, right off the morning. But anyways, if you're not a member of the group, Freight Broker Truck Drivers, definitely check it out. Um, but I'm going to pull up a graph on the side of my screen. If you're a regular viewer or listener, you know about two or three weeks ago or so, I signed up for the uh, FreightWave Sonar. It's um, I've been giving everybody a little preview as I learn it, but I have to say, I am still learning this. I'm still figuring out what the hell all this data means, how to find a way to you know, understand it. Um, so I know there's a lot more people out there. Um, especially in other freight group, groups who know how to read a lot better than I can, um, know how to tell you what it means in more technical terms. But I am simple, therefore I'm using simple words. If I don't use the right technical term, bear with me. <laughs> so anyways, basically what I'm pulling up on my screen as it loads uh, is a correlation of class eight truck sales in the spot market freight, specifically what it looked like back in 2018. Back in 2018, we all know it was hot. Everybody and their brothers bought a truck. You know, most carriers, some brokers, but very little shippers had an outstanding year to say the least. And it's all because in 2018, spot market rates were actually the highest it has been in over a decade. And I think we all felt it. 
rates were like 17 percent higher in 2018 versus uh the year before in 2017 and during the same time during this time in 2018 truck sales actually soared they went up about 75 76 percent you know its carriers had a lot more money or at least more access to incoming cash to kind of play around with buy trucks um, you know update their equipment so it makes sense a hot spot market or a hot spot freight market will lead carriers to buy additional trucks or update their equipment but it's very interesting to see how quickly the orders occurred um, in relation to the rising spot rates or spot rates not only that but how quickly the rates dropped during the same during the same time period at the beginning of the new year it's 2018 was hot uh 2018 was hot so everybody went out and bought trucks but then 2018 it was not 2019 not so hot so everybody stopped i see you peter carroll um that's usually the fun that you get by doing these videos you have people who pop out of the woodwork like this peter carroll guy but i don't worry about him he's definitely not the first one to try to be dumb over alive definitely i'm assuming won't be the last one but anyways i'm pulling it up here on my side so i'm going to share a screen just like last week but one thing to note this stuff has a lot of powerful data in it so it does take a moment to uh load up here sorry i got that there so i'm going to pull it up one minute okay here's what i got here whoops you guys can't see it so it'll help if i show it okay okay here we go uh not this screen this is uh this is actually like the freight waves or the sonar predictive rate screen i don't know too much about it because i haven't you know dived into it especially comparing it to you know other rating tools but if you want to check out a rate or see a uh, lane go ahead and drop in the comments hello jewel go ahead and drop in the comments of what lane or you know what area you want to see and i can put it on here to kind of check it out I was trying to do it before it, but like I said, without like a DAT rate view or the truckstop.com rating analyst tool, not exactly sure how good these rates are. So that's just that. But anyways, I'm pulling up the screen here. I have like five things pulled up my screen behind me. So I'm going to navigate here. Not this page. And these are all pages built by FreightWave Sonar. So I did not build these. I'm definitely not that fancy. Let's see here. Nope, not this one either. Maybe this one. Okay, I think we're on it now. But anyways, this is that chart I was telling you about at the beginning. This is the uh, class eight trucks compared to the DAT van freight rate national average. This blue, kind of like the blue line here, filled in. That's the class eight trucks. And this green little thin line, as you can see here, is a DAT van freight national average. Obviously, meaning that they or freight waves gets data also from DAT. But this is uh, we're gonna pop it up on a five-year. Okay, here's what I wanted to show y'all. This is uh, or show you guys. This is right now. This is presently. Um, you know what is it? February 24th. I think the last update on this was show um, like February 9th. So it's not live, not real time. However, it's very you know has a lot of information. Anyways. This area right here, do you see? It kind of goes right here, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. Look at 2018 right here. This is what I was showing you, kind of the correlation between hot freight rates or the increase in freight uh, market rates compared to the class eight truck sales. Again, the blue means trucks, the green means that spot rate. Back in 2018, look at this stuff. And that's why I was saying earlier, is you know not too interesting because it makes sense how rates go up to buy more trucks but look how quick this stuff is it's almost real time it's like carriers from this really knew their stuff at least that's what i'm getting out of it they started to plan ahead ahead because as soon as rates started going up well so did trucks you can see here rates trucks rates trucks so forth the reason why i want to bring this up is this a lot of people they ask themselves i don't understand you know 2019 what is going on why are we oversaturated i know some people try to claim a driver shortage that's not the case that i feel like personally but a lot of people just did not understand why 2019 did not start as hot as 2018 essentially ended and it's because of this 
the whole year actually it started basically at the tail end of uh tail end of 2017 as you can see of course every single end of the year you have kind of like your thanksgiving rise and your christmas rise whatever uh more freight out on the market so we definitely started seeing that in 2017 a pretty big increase and as we approached the new year of 2018 it was hot you know the spot rates were still flying through the roof that's when i was brokering day to day i remember it i still have nightmares every single day essentially and i'm sure a lot of y'all do too uh, about how hard it was to get a truck off the spot market but you could see it's extremely extremely close between the rates and the truck sales and i actually find that very interesting just by the fact that carriers were able to react so damn quickly as you could see here but anyways Towards the end of the year, you know, outside of our regular Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas little end of the year rush, if you will, the next year, starting, you know, the beginning of the year in 2019, there wasn't, there was not much movement. Of course, we knew there would be a decline because that's how it is every start of the year. However, in 2019, it never really recovered. This little hump here is, of course, you know, like the summer, the June, July, you know, little rush you get, you know, like cans and so on and so forth. But Besides that, rates really never, you know, recover. The truck, the truck sales or new truck sales declining here is just obvious based off the oversaturation or the increase, I should say, better word, increase of trucks during the 2018 year. This is just basically leveling it off. And so the reason why I want to look at this graph is because, as I said, if you've been in logistics the last two or three years, which the majority of us has, um, we all felt it. It just looks differently or it feels differently i suppose when you look at it because you know everybody's screaming driver shortage driver shortage driver shortage well it could be the case of a quality driver shortage but in this case you see that i just feel like it's an oversaturated equipment in the market so in the beginning of the year of 2019 shippers just responded you know they um back in 2018 they opened up their shipper dock through a rock and probably hit you know 15 trucks Back in 2000, excuse me, uh, probably hit like three trucks that they could use. In 2019, they could do the same thing, but hit 10 trucks. Therefore, just supply and demand, and that's just how it works. So this graph, like I said, when I was doing my little, not little, like an hour long each time, my uh, freight waves, um, freight waves on our training, the uh, training guy, he pulled this chart up, and I was like, wow, you know, because I was brokering during this time. I felt it. I knew it. But... It was a little bit interesting to also see a chart showing the correlation between uh, truck sales and market rates. And now I don't have too much uh, to go up for 2020. Basically, all I know is what this chart is showing me. As far as I know, this chart has the most data than any other chart or any other provider currently in the industry because, you know, Freight Waves has like billions of data points. I don't work for Freight Waves. I am not sponsored by Freight Waves. I'm a paying subscriber of Freight Waves. I know a lot of times I feel like I'm trying to sell this or sound like I'm selling this, but I'm really not. I pay like 175 bucks for this, you know, zero discount on it. Um, it's because I'm interested in the numbers because, you know, numbers don't lie. I'd rather have facts than opinions because I can make my own opinions. I want to see the facts. <laughs> and so that's why I pay it. But anyways, that's basically about the class eight truck sales and the dad van freight on the national average you know, it's correlation together. But I want to also show you freight numbers. So I'm going to open up another chart. Uh, bear with me. It's probably going to take a moment to load here. Uh, I think it's this one. Okay. May take a moment to load here. But as I'm pulling it up, this is kind of like at a glance for the um, outbound tender rejection. Let's see. Yeah, here we go. And what I like about freight numbers, you know, Freight numbers, when you look at it at a glance, it's kind of like, excuse me, it's kind of like to making a quick determination of whose market is it anyways. And, you know, every time I say that, whose market is it anyways, I think of uh, that show by Drew Carey, you know, like back in the day, I was a youngin, called like, whose line is it anyways? <laughs> it was a good show. But every time I say whose market anyways, that's the first thing, um, you know, I think of. But anyways. Here's the outbound tender rejection index chart. I know it's a mouthful. Basically, this means, um, I know you guys can probably read Chinese a lot better than you can read this screen, but bear with me. You know, I'm definitely gonna explain to you in simple terms so you understand it easier. But 
taking a look at market in general at a glance. This is what I would do here. Um, I'm looking at this top right hand screen in particular. I'm not sure if you see my white mouse or my cursor, but in the top right hand part of your screen, that is what I'm looking at. And now at a glance, there's actually not a lot of movement in our major market, which means spot rates are fairly flat across the board. And now with this system, this is not like DAT. So this is not two weeks in the past. This is actually essentially real time is updated every night or every day in the middle of the night. And the chart that I have here is basically just daily changes. Um, anyways, so as you can see at the top right hand corner, there's not a lot of changes when there is major moves or major changes of freight, either up or down, good or bad. Uh, Sonar will actually highlight that market in a color. And as you can see here, that chart is mainly gray, indicating again, very little change or no change at that. At least no major changes in the outbound tender rejections in those major markets. And now if you work off the spot market, I know a lot of y'all probably asking, well, what in the hell does this matter to me? If you work off the spot market, outbound tender rejections is one chart you want to look at, or at least one of the, you know, many charts you want to take a glance at because that chart measures carriers willingness to accept freight at contracted pricing. So if you're a carrier and if you, you know, have access to Sonar or something like this, or you ask me um, about an area, if there's an area with a high outbound tender rejection, you know, rate or number, that means it's more of a carrier market. That means shippers are going out, you know, tendering loads and carriers are rejecting them. And Freightways puts that there's either two ways of rejecting it, no capacity or low rates. And I'm going to say that a few times again, because I have a lot of questions about it. Uh, speaking of, after last week's shows, when I popped up the sonar, I did receive a lot of Facebook messages from members asking how this outbound tender rejection number is measured. And I want to talk about that. And basically, this sonar has access to like billions with the B of data points. And, and they get all the data points almost anonymously from like shippers um, and all that and all that jazz. But with the help of like AI, artificial intelligence and their team of data scientists, they're able to like dive into the numbers, pick out different things, create these charts, indexes and tables and so forth. And for this one in particular, the outbound rejection rate, they essentially just look at the loads electronically tendered by shippers to carriers and measure the amount of loads that were rejected. Does that make sense? And like I said, out, when, when carriers reject loads, it's either one or for one of two reasons. No capacity or that rate is way too damn low, low and they rather get freight off the spot market. And it's usually the latter. <laughs> it's usually people can always find a truck at the rates right, but the rates low, don't want it rejected. Anyways, I just want to mention that. But going back to that chart in the top right hand corner there, you know, as I said, is basically full of graves, indicating not a lot of changes. I do see this Juliet market on the bottom. Um, if you guys can see that, I'm going to try to zoom in. On the bottom, Juliet, Illinois. That one does have a little green, and that's when I want to talk about it. That one is showing the outbound volume volatility has increased, meaning they have an increase in outbound freight. However, as they look at the outbound rejection, there's not a lot of change in the outbound rejection, meaning more freight is actually being moved at contracted rates. That means, yes, there is an increase of freight out of the Juliet, Illinois market. However, as we can see clear as day from the data, rejection rates have not really moved. It's gray, it has not really moved. Therefore, that's indicating more of a contracted market and not a spot market or spot market market. <laughs> that a lot of us, um, you know, want to, you know, want to be out right now. And now the Juliet market and other markets, you know, in the in the upper Midwest there, Chicago, um, all that jazz. I know there's about to be some nasty winter weather. I was just in Chicago last week, last weekend. I know there's a lot of nasty weather coming up there, so that could, you know, possibly mean why there's not a lot of opportunities. But from experience, and as you guys know, usually after winter weather or during winter weather or any weather event at that usually that opens the door to more spot freight opportunities. So anyways, on this map, if you guys look to your left, my left, uh, maybe that's your left too, this uh, map is like the blue US, the blue United States of America right here. This is showing the outbound tender reject index. On this case, the darker the blue means a higher number of outbound tender rejects. And now 
I want to warn you uh, so it doesn't confuse you. I'm going to warn you in advance. A lot of these maps I look at, they all have different colors, and each map, the colors mean something else. So don't look at this mean blue, and blue means always good, because in some cases, that doesn't mean good. But I'll explain to you each time. I just want to say that because it was confusing the hell out of me when I was just, you know, going through this over the weekend. Anyways, this map on the left is great for just a visual look at the outbound tender reject. As I said, the darker the blue indicates a higher amount of outbound um, tender rejects. And now one thing that's important to note, areas like, what is this, Grand Junction, Colorado. That is essentially a backhaul market. There is freight, you know, definitely freight at that market at times. However, it's traditionally more of a backhaul market. So even though that you do see a high outbound tender rejection, you know, number out of this Grand Junction market, that does not mean send all your trucks there tomorrow. Because uh, <laughs> that just shows, you know, it shows the changes in the market. And so this area doesn't have a lot of freight, therefore any changes kind of major. Um, and so like that. But on the same token, if Atlanta, you know, Atlanta somewhere over here, if Atlanta, this little guy right here, if he was all blue or as blue as blue can be, I'm probably sending my trucks to Atlanta because that means they have a high outbound tenant rejection rate index. It means my spot trucks can go there and they can eat a lot, if you know what I mean. They can feast on that spot freight out there because it has the most changes. So that's very important to note because if you look over here, like the North Dakota, South Dakota, they look really, really blue, but you don't want to send your trucks there because they don't have a lot of freight there anyway. And you kind of know that by looking at the market share in the top right hand corner of the screen. Uh, but that's basically about that. I'm just gonna click on one, a good market here. Um, there's Cedar Rapids. What's this one down here? Mobile, Alabama. I sound like it from the South. Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> this Mobile, Alabama. Um, as I said here, not a lot of market share down here, um, but there is an increase of freight volume here as well as an increase of outbound tender rejection. Let's get this little guy off. So in the Mobile, Alabama area, if you're a truck driver and you get a truck down there, you ask for more money. <laughs> That's basically what you want to do is showing a high increase or a strong increase, Sonar is telling me, of outbound tender rejection. So if you're a broker, um, you may have to pay a little bit more because drivers are going to ask for a premium. If you're a carrier and you get a truck down there, definitely ask for more money there. And now on the bottom screen, the bottom right, not sure if you guys can see it, this little graph here. This is showing me the tender rejection on a graph. It's not a huge change, not a huge change, but it's dark blue because it's showing that's not the biggest market um, out there. But anyways, that's what I wanted to look at about the Juliet uh, here. And now on the FreightWave sonar, let me get my screen one moment. Okay, on this FreightWave sonar, like I said, my screens, they were built by uh, FreightWaves. Basically, they build them, I click on them, and they populate my screen because I am not, you know, um, I don't know everything about the FreightWave starter or understand a lot, but this stuff shows you a lot of stuff. And now, I come from all sides of the industry. You know, I started on the broker side, went to the shipper side, went to the carrier side, went back to the carrier, broker, carrier, I'm out of the game, essentially, or at least day to day. But what I like about this, because it gives me all the information for you know, each hat I may wear. Shippers have a lot of information, brokers have a lot of information, and so does carriers. And now, I talked about this last week as well. When I first heard of FreightWave Sonar, let me uh, just get me popped up here. Uh, when I first heard about this FreightWave Sonar, I was kind of shocked that FreightWave wasn't you know approaching or getting more smaller carriers, you know, owner of small fleets on the bandwagon. Because when I first demoed this, I'm like, Drivers can really make huge moves in the market. They can really compete with the megas out there and know exactly what brokers are looking at if they bought the system, okay? And basically, I even told FreightWaves that, and we kind of deferred on our opinions because I was saying, I know a lot of guys. I know a lot of guys less than five trucks who could really benefit this. Even some owner-operators, maybe have a dispatcher, maybe not, who can benefit from this. But as I use it, there's a couple limitations couple limitations that I see right off the bat. This thing is a lot harder to navigate uh, than what I what I thought. You have to really study this stuff for like years, months. Um, not to learn it, not to understand it, but you have to know the market or at least be uh, familiar with the market from, you know, previous experience to really get
get an understanding of this. You have to at least know the big freight markets and all that jazz. Um, but what I was going with that is, is this. In the beginning, I thought everybody should have this. I thought everybody should pay the 175 a month or whatever it is. Maybe it's lower, maybe it's higher than what I pay, but that's what I pay. But as I use it, man, <laughs> if I was uh, at a carrier or a brokerage, I feel like it's a hire someone to stare at the screen all day so you can actually get work done. But nonetheless, that's why I have it so members of my group um, can see it here. But anyways, I wanna look at the uh, head haul map. And now I'm gonna explain it. A head haul essentially means area areas that um, have more outgoing for out bound freight out of and so as this um screen loads i'm not going to click anything as it loads i have a map on my uh left hand side of the screen as well as a map on the right hand side of the screen and now if i was a carrier these are the screens that i like and now i was never obviously i never drove a truck i don't look like a truck driver do i <laughs> but i never drove a truck but i did drive straight trucks i definitely did drive sprinters that's why i started off on the carrier side but anyways, if I had this when I drove, you know, straight trucks, I could see myself, you know, making a lot more money back in those days because, um, well, hardly anybody made money back in those days. But I could have because I would know what areas to go to, what areas to stay away from, and what areas I should just maybe look at for the next week to start planning. Anyways, on the left-hand side, it has some colors. We're going to go through it. Yep, excuse me. White means no change or very little change. The far left-hand side, the red, is a negative. In this case, red is dead. <laughs> and blue is good, which is um, is positive. And so on this head haul map, basically for carriers, this is good for uh, anything blue is where you want to go. Now, before I go further on the left-side map, I want to talk about the right-hand side map here. On my right-hand side of the screen, right-hand side where I'm moving my mouse, this is the head haul volatility and changes or a map that tracks the volatility and changes there and the one on my left this one here left that i was talking about first this one's a weekly change the reason why i have both up because as i still learn the system i want to see what markets are flipping back and forth all the time essentially in freight very predictable you know think history repeats itself if you will minus 2018 but history essentially especially in freight repeats itself so on the left this is essentially why the market sucks, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Everything is kind of everything kind of red. You do have some blues, you know, here and there, but everything is red. On the right-hand side where I'm moving my mouse, this is showing the volatility, the, the major changes in this area. Now, since Friday, I've been kind of taking a glance at the Albuquerque, New Mexico market. No really rhyme or reason why, but it's because I'm showing a lot of changes, if you will, in terms of numbers on the graphs. Um, out of this area. And now from this chart in the, in the head haul volatility, I am seeing that as green as green can get. Usually, or what that indicates is a high or a strong increase in head haul, meaning it's more favorable to the carrier. carrier. But hold on with me there. On the left side of the map, it's showing me that as well. It's showing there's an increase in head haul, meaning it's more of a favorable area to carriers. But if you remember what I said earlier, just because it looks blue or looks good doesn't mean to send all your trucks there tomorrow in hopes to hit a lick or hit a great rate on every uh, load out of there. Because that's not the case. I mean, how much freight's actually in Albuquerque, New Mexico? I mean, I'm sure there's some, <laughs> but probably not a lot. This is just basically telling me in this little, the little areas, if you happen to get a guy there or you got sent there, at least you can visually see what you're working with on your way out. Luckily, if for some reason I knew someone going to Albuquerque, at least they can pop up on this map and say, oh, it's blue, that's good. You know, red is obviously indicating right now that it's kind of deader or there's less head haul or it has a less head haul index out of here. You know, some parts of California is bluing up or becoming more blue, but the majority is still red there. But that is basically like the head haul map. And like I said, if I was a carrier, those are basically the ones I'll look at because here, um, if I was planning on my trucks, I'm probably going from blue to blue. Um, not that close. You know, we need miles here. Uh, you know, blue to blue, something like that. It's blue to blue. You have a safer chance. You do or you will have more competition in those areas. However, you definitely want to ask for more money in those areas 
because we know by looking at the data or we know by looking at the facts rather that those areas are better to be in. And a lot of this is because of the Tinder rejection that we looked at a second ago. I'm gonna pull that back up on my screen. I love that head haul. I am definitely seeing a correlation between head haul uh, and Tinder rejection for that area. I don't know too much about it to make a, um, you know, a solid determination, but that's kind of what I'm seeing. Anyways, uh, you can disregard those little charts over there. I know it's making your viewing screen smaller. Anyways, this map here that looks like camo, <laughs> greens, reds, whites, darker greens, all that jazz. This is the outbound tender reject volatility map. Again, this is showing the major changes or what markets have the most changes. And in this case, it is, uh, I believe it's a daily. Like I said, it's um, almost real time, but it's actually a day behind and they update like in the middle of the night or whatever. Again, white means no change. Dark green means moderate increase. Light green means a strong increase. And of course, dark red means moderate decrease. Light red means strong decrease. Now, the color codes right now. I think Freightways could have done a little bit differently. They kind of make it confusing this way. They should start with white, then a light green, then a dark green. Um, but nonetheless, I'm not the data scientist above my pay grade there. Anyways, on this map, this is showing again the outbound tender rejection volatility. At the beginning of the show, I talked about if you're a carrier, you want to look for areas or work in areas that have a high outbound tender rejection because that means more loads are being posted on truckstop.com or any other load board that's out there. Now, areas again with green means a strong increase of tenders being rejected. Shippers are sending this freight over to the carriers. They're saying, no way, post it, and I'll go from there. And that's exactly what this uh, chart shows. And red means, you know, less outbound tender rejection, which means more people are taking freight on contracted terms. So if you find yourself in an area of red, you know, earlier I mentioned red is dead. Not always the case, but red is dead in terms of your chances of getting great rates out of that place um, or a lot of freight volume. If it's red, probably not a lot of volume or all the volume is in terms of the contracted. Um, but if you find yourself in a red market, you definitely want to head on over to a green. <laughs> we need to survive here. And now again, it's kind of interesting to me. There's not a lot of movement in the Atlanta market. That's... Um, I'd be very familiar to a lot of my freight in Atlanta, even when I drove. Um, one of my routes twice a week was Central Illinois to Atlanta and a straight truck. So I tend to like Atlanta a little bit more. And plus, it's one of our largest freight markets that we have. Um, not a lot of changes, but all the little neighboring places around here, they do have changes. Like I said, if you're in a green, the idea is stay to green to green. Earlier, it's blue to blue. But you guys get the idea. Um, having a visual map of this, you're just able to make better informed decisions because this is what I dislike. I don't hate anything in life, but things I dislike is this. And I used to be a broker, so I, I get it. If you be talking to a broker, you're a carrier, you know, you just left the truck stop, you talk to all your people, you kind of have an idea about how this market is going. You get on the phone with the broker and they're like, no way. I'm uh, I'm looking at DAT right now. I know the rates. I know what it's looked like. This is the market, take it or leave it, buddy. Well. What I don't like about that is DAT is, you know, it's late, it's late. It's, you know, they have like a nine, a seven to nine day gap um, with information. And so rates that you see on the DAT rate view, those rates are essentially calculated by what actual shippers, brokers, and carriers are paying and all that jazz. But a lot of brokers use, you know, market softening, markets tightening, all that to convince you that you should take freight at the rate they're offering it. Okay, now here's what I don't like about that again. It's delayed. It's like seven, nine, even more days delayed. Therefore, what's happening now does not mean it's going to flip tomorrow. Just because the market sucks today does not mean it's flipping tomorrow. Well, systems like sonar, like freight waves, it tells you what's happening today. <laughs> if I was looking to send a truck out somewhere, I know that area is either going to be spiced enough to get a great rate or declining, and I'm going to have a challenging time getting great rate or it's flat, just like essentially all the markets going around, um, you know, no change or no difference there. But having systems like this, especially for the little, little guy, you know I'm a huge advocate for the little guy, the trucker's ally. Having systems like this, you can arm yourself with facts when you're talking to these brokers. And that's why I like it. 
And you know, if I if I was a carrier or you know dispatching what have you, and I had a system like this, and I was you know buying freight on the spot market or whatever, um, this would be fun to use. <laughs> Cause I'm all about you know reminding people that opinions are not facts. And so being able to tell exactly how it is by looking at real-time data, you cannot beat that. And that's why at the beginning, I'm like, whose market is it anyways? Well, right now by this, uh, maybe not this screen, uh, but another screen, you could see that, well, currently it is a broker's market, but as all things do, they flip. I don't, you know, I don't know anything between now and produce season. I don't know if it's supposed to go up. Of course, we have a little uptick during March, but we see that every single year. That's the only reason why I know that. Um, but my last saving grace, or the one thing that I'm looking forward to, is of course produce season. You don't need to be hauling berries and melons to take advantage of the produce season. And a lot of us know that. And that's why I like produce season, especially for carriers. When I was a broker, absolutely hated produce season. You know, I called off days in produce season. Not really, but you get the point. On the carrier side, the produce season is awesome because all the brokers, you know, all the carriers are tied up, all the reefers are tied up, hauling all that produce crap. But even if you're not a produce, you can definitely still take advantage of the spot market, which a lot of y'all do, which is great to get more cash flowing in to start preparing, you know, for the next um, rush there. What would it be, I suppose, the summer rush? But anyways, this, this is one map that we have not looked at. Um, it'll be helpful if you guys can see it. Let me pop it up. Boom. Okay, as it loads here, this is the outbound tender volume index. Essentially, what this measures is a volume of freight around the US. And now I don't use this screen too much because I used the chart on the previous map screen that we looked just because I like to see everything in one shebang, um, not clicking everywhere and all that jazz. But this is outbound tender volume. This is mainly for brokers, I would say. You know, I can, you know, I always try to find where, um, how broker tools can help carriers so they can use it and kind of, you know, compete against it. But this one, you know, is a little bit different. This is mainly for brokers. Um, carriers or larger fleets can definitely use it. But this map in top left hand corner um, is indicating changes with outbound tender volume. So of course, in this case, dark, the darker the blue you can get means um, the highest positive change the wider white or the whitest white indicates the lowest change here. And now, don't know what market this is right here. Oh, Birmingham. So in this case, Birmingham looks like it is, you know, has an increased outbound tenor volume. So as a broker, you know, if, if I was a broker, um, one thing you do is just start seeing why, or is there anything that you could figure out why it's saying, oh, that's Atlanta. Why did I say Birmingham? I swore when I zoomed in that little guy, said Atlanta or Birmingham. Anyways, Atlanta, I stand corrected. So that market that's blue as blue can get is Atlanta. And what that is showing here as a darkest blue color you can get on the um, on the scale is showing that they have an increase in outbound tender volume, obviously outbound meaning freight leaving that area. And this chart that you guys can probably see on the right hand side of your screen, this one that I'm hovering, it's a familiar chart from a chart we looked at earlier. Um, that was on a different screen, but that just shows for the Atlanta market, you know, they have almost 4% of the freight market share. That's why I said one of the biggest or largest freight markets. And of course, the outbound volume and the tender rejection. But as a broker, you know, these are areas that you can be calling on for opportunities, um, especially if you're like a broker and agent because shippers, you know, there's a huge increase or there's an increase in freight volume. So people are just looking to ship more freight. I had to watch what I say there because sometimes I mess up. <laughs> and so more volume equals obviously means more freight. But again, that's when we're talking about the Juliet on the on the left-hand side of the screen. Just because it has more freight volume does not mean it's still beneficial to the carriers. And that's because more freight volume could also mean more contracted freight and not spot freight. And so that's one thing you have to look at. You know, before I really knew about this, you know, my first couple of days, again, I'm still very green learning this. But my first couple of days, I'll look at a market and be like, boom, it's blue. We're doing good. Send all your trucks there. So I started looking, ooh, well, if it doesn't have a high outbound tender rejection, there's probably not going to be a lot of loads posted on the, you know, the load boards, even though there's an increase in freight volume. And that's why I like looking at these screens here. And now I apologize. My comments are not posting up 
um, in my system here. I use this broadcasting system, links to everything up so I can see the comments. It's not working. So I'm beginning to see your comments here. I'm gonna go through here. I see your buddy. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, Dante, Amy. Hello, everybody. Robert. Uh, Robert Arlington asks, how does FreightWaves get a system like this and that can't? Great question. Well, I think it's uh, by the intentions, okay? Is DAT, I think they're going to get something similar, okay? But DAT, you know, they're like a load board. They started up as dial a truck back in probably when I was in diapers. I don't even know when. But long time ago, they started out the dial a truck. They're essentially a load board from being one of the biggest or the largest low boards, they started adding more features um, like the, the the rate mate or the rate analyst, you know, lane makers, onboarding, all this stuff. So to answer your question, Robert, I think they're probably gonna come out with something. It's just freight waves right now, you know, obviously they have the most powerful data and that's because of the billions of data points. I'm assuming if DAT or even truckstop.com wanted to create a system like this, they will also have to get access to all those data points. Cause as we know now with DAT rate view, the DAT rate view, um, all of that is basically internal information. DAT is not going out, you know, to different shippers. Well, they are, but not to all the ones freight waves is, um, let me rephrase that. So DAT, when, if you're a shipper and you get logged into there, basically you have to give them the rates. You have to tell them, you know, I posted this load for this, my customer gave me this, I sold it for that. That's how they get all their information. And they audit it, you know, every seven, nine, 12 days, whatever, and get the results to say, um, this area average rate is, you know, $2 a mile, and next week it'll be 180, something like that. On the other hand, Freight Waves, they started as just a data, you know, a data company. I don't even know what you call them. Because uh, this sonar system is just like an offset of Freight Waves. Um, but they have billions of data points. When I was asking him, he told me a lot better than what I can tell you, but it's from like shippers, brokers, carriers, everybody, you know, just from the, from this. And now a lot of that data, cause I asked, they said they receive a lot of it almost anonymously or somewhat anonymously. So like the large shippers, we're talking about the biggest shippers in the U S cause I was questioning like, why do they just give you all the rates, all the information? What does that do them any good? Well, it's almost anonymously. And so that's how they're able to do it so accurately is because the people who submit the rates and all the information, like I said, it's almost anonymously. So they're not worried about people going after their customers. Like a lot of these other tech companies and other emerging freight, you know, companies, I'm always very cautious. You know, when I'm talking to a freight tech guy and they're like, oh, we just need access to your data. I'm like, for what? <laughs> Data's gold. Like, what are you going to do with my data? You could buy my data if you want to look through it, but data's gold. And so great question there, Robert. Um, yeah, re oh, Reed. <laughs> Reed is from Freightways. Uh, he answered there. Freightways is a data company with the media arm. There we go. There we go. I know Freightways. I was trying to see how they are. I think they have like Freightways, like their events and stuff, because I know they're huge on doing those e events and stuff like that. Their, uh, their data um, and, of course, the media, which is like their YouTubes and all of their podcasts. They have a ton and all their media out there. But anyways, that's basically with these maps. And like I said, as I learn more about the sonar, you guys will too. And, you know, when I first signed up with this, I was very hesitant of talking about it without quite understanding exactly. Um, I kind of feel a little bit like a new freight agent or like a new dispatcher or someone coming new to the industry where it's easy for everybody else to read and understand it, but you having no, ex or being inexperienced, it's like overwhelming, intimidating. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> every question I answer or every question I ask uh, to my training guy, I feel like it's a dumb question because the moment he answers, I'm like, ah, oh, I can see, you know, how that makes sense. And that's what I'm doing. And so the whole point of why I pay for this thing is to help you guys out. A lot of y'all ask me questions a lot, and I know it's just, um, you guys are desperate. You just want to know what is going on in the freight market on like an overview look. Um, and it's hard to get answers. You know, I tell you guys all the time, I start my day by watching or reading transport topics. You know, I have a few things I watch on freight waves. I drive to the office listening to different podcasts, freight waves being one, your favorite freight broker to get my news is another, so on and so forth. 
that's what I do to get an overview of what is going on in the whole market as a general. Now, I had nothing to, um, you know, compare rates to or anything like that. I, I knew nothing about the market because I'm no longer a broker. I stopped that about less than a year ago. I've been doing videos for over a year. So when I stopped brokering day to day, well, kind of lost a lot of insight. So that's why I'm excited to have this sonar so I can start providing more insight as I learn how to talk about it more. So anyways, like I said, you know, we went through the class A trucks. We just showed about the correlation of spot market rates increasing by the truck sales. As I mentioned, that chart was introduced to me when I was having my uh, freight waves training last week. I thought it was awesome because if you're a broker, you felt it. If you're a carrier, you made a lot of money. And if you're a shipper, you're pulling at your hair wondering why, what was going on. And we saw that. We visually saw what the market did. So I thought that was pretty cool. I, I like looking at numbers, so that's why I thought it was pretty cool. But I hope you guys did too there. Um, that's essentially all I got on market and rates, uh, I guess. <laughs> For right now, what I'm going to start doing is I get an email from FreightWave Sonar like every day in the morning time, not sure what time, telling me or giving a recap to all the subscribers of FreightWaves of what areas are hot for a broker, what areas are hot for a carrier, um, what areas are hot for a shipper. If you guys are interested, I will start sharing that with the group Freight, freight Brokers and Truck Drivers, my group on uh, Facebook here. I already spoke to FreightWaves. I can definitely share that information if, of course, I tell them the source is from. So if you guys start seeing that, or if you guys want to start seeing that, let me know. And I could just simply start posting the group. So you could start making a daily game plan. This will work best for people with fleets, or if you're a dispatcher, or even an owner up who just wants to know, well, maybe I shouldn't go here because this area is not looking so good. Anyways, if you guys have a question about that, definitely let me know. I'm done talking about numbers. I know they're probably going to start driving a scissor jack down this sidewalk again. So I want to get it, you know, start wrapping it up here. But before I do, I want to ask if you guys are going to match the Mid-America Trucking Show in into March, like about a month away, let me know. I have a poll going on in the group, Freight Brokers and Truck Drivers, asking who's going, who's not, and who's still on the fence. I am trying to do something there at Matt's, especially with group members, because I've never been. So depending on how many people go, I'm going to start figuring out what I can do for group members kind of enhance the experience there i never been there i only went to gats last year gas was okay uh i did leave like a day early uh but it was okay you know i thought it'd be more um but it was cool so i'm hoping matt is a lot better uh for i'm bringing my equipment i'm gonna hope to do uh kyle davis as squirrel moment kyle davis asked how much is sonar per month now pricing i believe is different for everybody my pricing is 175 per month i'm a one-man band so that 175 gives me access or one login um account to get into it similar to like dat or truck stop you buy it for the login i'm not exactly sure what it is for everybody uh, it could be different if you have a larger operation it could be different if you have a smaller operation but i think you'd be out of business if you're any less than a one-man band <laughs> so anyways uh, yeah, call Freightways. Reed, he actually works for uh, Freightways, the one above your comment. That's what I was indicating there. Um, you can reach out to him. He's the one who got me signed up, I believe. So you guys can go from there. But anyways, back to Matt's. If you guys are going to Matt's, I plan on bringing my podcasting, my video stuff there. Um, I am going to be hanging around the truckstop.com booth. And so hopefully I can get set up there. I haven't asked yet, but that's just my plans. I'm doing... Um, uh, bringing my 360 camera. If you guys are not familiar with 360, uh, Google it. But 360 is cool. I do have a 360 camera. It's mainly I use for when I do home inspection tours. That's something I do as a hobby on the side. But it's one thing I do to create those doll houses of houses is a 360 camera. So I'm hoping to bring that. So if you're not going to match, you at least get to almost watch it like you're there or feel like you're there by watching in 360. And if you have VR glasses or even like the Google box glasses, you will really feel like you're there. Um, yeah, so anyways, uh, yeah, Reed just answered that pricing question right there. So if you guys can see that, if I could pop it up, I would, but I can't. But anyways, that's all I got for Matt. That's all I got for Sonar. That's all I got for numbers. Tomorrow on our Talk Freight Members Helping Members video series, I'm hoping to bring out an old friend on camera. This guy was actually my customer years ago. 
He's a dude with very valuable information. Um, been around the block way more than I have. Worked at much larger companies. Um, handled you know a lot larger freight accounts than I did. You know, I was broking. Like I said, he he was my customer at one point, and now this guy actually represents a carrier. So I'm hoping he will still be down to do a video presentation tomorrow on our member helping member series. Because like I said, this dude is full of valuable information. And especially if you work in the expedited world of freight, this guy is a man with a plan. That's how I essentially survived when I did that type of freight. So I asked him if he would, you know, want to jump on, do a video, kind of help out a group members. He said, yes, so I'm going to, you know, confirm it with him, make sure we're all good to go. So hopefully tomorrow for our talk break members, helping members, we will have Corey pop on here and give us his tips, tricks, resources, all that jazz and how he makes so much money in this industry, you know, as a customer broker and now a carrier. But that's basically all I got. All I got for now. If you see my little ticker at the bottom, I'm being fancy. Join my group, search for freight brokers and truck drivers, click join. Uh, and we're off to the races there. But until next time, or maybe until tomorrow during our talk break, make sure you say no to cheap freight, remain professional, and let's make more money in 2020. I will see you guys later. See you later.